Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3 a.m. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week, we take a look at a version of Japanese spirits. Back when Mamas first started, I did an episode on the yurei and touched on this subject, but I felt these ghosts deserved an episode all their own. Stay tuned for a tale of death, wild hair, and revenge. Without further ado, let's get down to the business. This week's topic is Onryo. The literal translation of Onryo is Vengeful Spirit. These ghosts are believed capable of causing harm to the humans in the world of the living in order to right a wrong done to them during their lifetime. They have been known to be able to kill enemies and even cause natural disasters such as earthquakes, storms, drought, fires, and famines. The origin of these spirits remains unclear but it is believed their existence can be traced back to the 8th century. During this time, many thought that enraged souls of those who had passed on could harm those still alive. The first story of an Onryo curse actually came from a prince. During the reign of Prince Nagaya, the leader of a group of powerful regents in Japan passed away. When this happened, the prince seized complete power in the court, to which the four sons of the deceased leader did not take a liking to. Due to this, Prince Nagaya was charged with false crimes in 729, after essentially making enemies of the wrong people, and went on to receive the death penalty. Instead of going through with his punishment, the prince took his own life. After his untimely death, it was believed the prince's spirit bore a grudge against the living, specifically the four sons. All four of these men came down with smallpox and died one after another in 737. This was thought to be the direct result of Nagaya's curse. While Onryo could be men, dictated in the prince's story, it is believed they were more commonly women. During the Edo period, kabuki theater rose in popularity and a specific look for these ventral spirits was developed. Usually, they would be wearing a white burial kimono, have long wild black hair, and a pale face. This stylized look helped the audience immediately understand what type of character was on stage, aiding to the comprehension of the tale being told. The most famous story of an onryo is that of Oiwa from the Yatsuya Kaidan, first performed in 1825, and goes as follows. 
Oiwa was a woman married to a samurai named Amon. Amon was not a respectable samurai, let alone a husband, and was known to be wasteful and a thief. Finally fed up with his actions, Oiwa decided she would divorce her husband and return to her family home. Amon chased after her, only to be stopped by Oiwa's father, Yatsuya Seman. The man knew about Amon's shady ways and demanded he go through with the divorce with his daughter. Not one to let someone stand in his way, Amon drew his sword and murdered Saman. After, the samurai returned to Oiwa and informed her that a stranger killed her father on the road. From this, Amon promised that if she would continue to be his wife, he would avenge her father's death. The pair continued to live together as husband and wife, and soon Oiwa became pregnant. Once she gave birth to a son, the family fell on hard times. Oiwa became sick, and they had very little money. Instead of caring for his sickly wife, Amon grew resentful of Oiwa, which eventually led him astray. Right next door to their home lived a rich doctor named Ito Kihei and his beautiful granddaughter, Ume. Ito's granddaughter was attracted to their samurai neighbor and wanted to marry him. Ito loved his granddaughter and conspired to make her dream of marriage a reality. The doctor prescribed Oiwa an ointment that was supposed to help her recover from her illness. What it really did was terribly disfigure her face. Amon, once merely resentful of his wife, came to outright hate her and her newly scarred appearance. This is when Ito swooped in and suggested the samurai marry his granddaughter, adding that if he did so, the Ito fortune would one day be his to inherit. Amon wasn't hard to sway, and he agreed to take the doctor's offer. Before the marriage could take place, however, Amon needed to take care of a few things. For one, he began to sell Oiwa's possessions, her kimono, clothes, and even their son's clothes, to raise up enough money to marry Ume. Secondly, he could not divorce his wife without a legitimate reason, so he contracted his friend to rape Oiwa with the intention of accusing her of infidelity. On the night this was to occur, Amon left the house, and his friend entered a little while after. Once the man saw Oiwa's face, however, he became too scared to go through with his part of the plan. From this, he actually confessed everything to Oiwa and gave her something that no one had recently, a mirror. When the woman saw her reflection, she went mad. Oiwa grabbed a nearby sword and slit her throat. With her last dying breaths, she cursed Amon's name. Kohei, Amon's servant, was the one to discover Oiwa's body. He rushed to deliver the samurai the dreadful news, 
but instead of being distraught, Amon was overjoyed. It was then Kohei became suspicious of Amon, but before he had a chance to reveal his suspicions to anyone else, the samurai murdered him. Taking both Kohei and Oiwa's bodies, Amon nailed them to a door and disposed of them in a river. To explain what had happened to both of these people, the samurai told others the pair had been sleeping together. Finally, Amon was free to marry Ume. On their wedding night, Amon couldn't seem to get any sleep. At one point, he rolled over to encounter the terribly disfigured face of his departed wife. Horrified, the samurai grabbed his sword and lunged at the ghost. In an instant, her spirit vanished and revealed that Amon had not cut his former wife, but his new bride, who now laid dead on the floor. Running next door to the home of his doctor father-in-law, Amon ran into another familiar face, his servant, Kohei. Apparently, not learning from his previous mistake, the samurai slashed this figure, only to have it revealed that in his place was the now-slain Ito. Amon fled the scene and off into the night, but Oiwa's spirit was not done with him yet. Every place he went, the samurai saw her ghost. She returned to him in his dreams, he heard her voice constantly crying out for vengeance, and she often enjoyed appearing in the lanterns he used to light his way. A samurai attempted to escape Oiwa's ghost by hiding in an isolated cabin in the mountains. This, of course, did not work, and it was there, in that secluded space, that the samurai slowly descended into madness. While the husband of this tale avoids physical harm, the Unrio, which was Oiwa, bestowed onto him psychological torment, making it impossible for him to continue with a normal life. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas. <laughs>